This episode contains graphic descriptions of sexual assault and may not be suitable for all listeners. For information or resources about sexual violence, go to www.rainn.org. It's like the weirdest experience having a like an investigation going on in a completely different country. No perspective, like no scope of how cases like this are handled there besides La Manada, or the wolf pack in English, was a gang rape case in Spain that shocked the country. You know, the wolf pack is the only thing I know of. Gabrielle Vega says that La Manada is her only frame of reference for how the Spanish justice system handles rape cases. And that's not very comforting. Four years ago, in the summer of 2016, the La Manada gang rape case sparked outrage across Spain. Mass protests lasted on and off for nearly two years. Thousands of people have been protesting across Spain after a court cleared five men of the gang rape of a teenager. Fierce debates erupted about how the law defines rape. It's one of the most controversial cases in modern Spain, a case that campaigners hope will change the way the country judges rape in future. People could not believe the ruling. The accused, who were known as the wolf pack. And it clearly did show how patriarchal our system still is. There had never been anything like it in Spain. Spanish citizens could not understand how could uh, you trap an 18-year-old in a doorway, gang rape her, and that could not be still classified as rape. On today's episode, how the La Manada rape case ignited Spain's Me Too movement and forced the country to examine its attitudes toward sexual assault culturally, legally, politically. And while the government considers changing the laws around rape, not everyone supports those changes. There are a lot of people who think that they are innocent. From WBEZ Chicago, I'm Candace Mattel-Khan. This is Motive. Episode 7, La Manada, The Wolf Pack. I'm Maria Carrion. I'm an independent journalist and human rights activist based in Spain. Carrion focuses on gender issues, and she, like thousands of other feminists across Spain, attended some of the La Manada protests in Madrid. I talked with her about the La Manada case, what happened, its historic aftermath, and how it affected the country. This took place in Pamplona during the San Fermín festivities, which are well-renowned because it's when they have the running of the bulls on the streets and the city is packed with revelers. The San Fermín festival in Pamplona dates back to around the 1300s. 
And while it's most famous for the traditional running of the bulls and attracts tourists from all over the world, it's also become known for something else. Extreme partying, drinking, and chaotic crowds. Some of the women we spoke with say that their study abroad programs advise them not to attend for safety reasons. The festival has also seen a real problem with reports of sexual assaults and groping. Things got so bad that several years ago, the city began deploying a special police force to specifically help prevent sexual assaults during the festival. But those efforts weren't enough to protect one 18-year-old woman who had gotten separated from her friends late at night on July 7, 2016. This was the last day of the festivities when she was approached by five men on the street and they began to walk by her and talk to her. The five men offered to walk the young woman to her car. And eventually they forced her into the lobby of an apartment building. Five men took a young woman into an apartment building. The five men dragged the girl into the hallway of this building and filmed the attack on their phones. They filmed and photographed the entire thing. Each of the five men took turns raping her. Orally, vaginally, anally. And then they left her laying on the ground and continued partying until they were arrested the next day. This young woman was found by a couple strolling down the street who called the police, and then this young woman reported the rape. The five men called themselves La Manada, the wolf pack. The group included a member of the Civil Guard, which is a form of police here in Spain, and also a member of the military. And this member of the military was actually identified by the victim thanks to a tattoo on his foot that said the power of the wolf resides in the wolf pack. Days after the rape, a WhatsApp chat by the same name, Wolfpack, surfaced in which the perpetrators boasted about the assault to their friends and also shared the videos and the photos they'd taken of the rape. They regularly bragged about drugging and raping women in their chats. Um, and in one occasion, one of them said, I've got pills at bargain prices for raping. The trial began in November of 2017, and the men were sentenced five months later. One of the big stories that came out during the trial was about the victim's Instagram, which had images of her enjoying a vacation with her family. The defense argued that this showed she clearly hadn't suffered in the aftermath of the attack. And while the judges allowed the victim's social media to be used as evidence during the trial, they did not allow those WhatsApp chats the ones where the men talked about plans to rape women, to be admissible as evidence. In April of 2018, nearly two years after the woman reported the attack to the police, all five men were acquitted of rape. Instead, the three court judges convicted them of a lesser crime in Spanish law called sexual abuse. And the reason why they acquitted them of rape and instead convicted them of sexual abuse is because 
Spanish law says that only sexual aggressions involving violence or intimidation can constitute rape. And this is the distinction in the law that drew so much attention in the days and months to come. That the judges ruled there was no violence or intimidation in this case. And thus, what happened to this 18-year-old woman, who was penetrated orally, vaginally, and anally by five men, could not be classified as rape according to the law. They said that although the victim did not consent and was physically overpowered by the men, there was no violence or intimidation because she did not physically resist. The judges said that because there had been no violence or intimidation, the rape charge did not apply. The defense said she did not physically or verbally resist. They looked very carefully at the videos and... On the videos, she is seen in sort of a fetal position often and with her eyes firmly closed and not resisting. The judges said that they just simply followed the law. One of the judges actually wanted to acquit altogether. And he even said that in the video, the woman appeared to be enjoying herself and that he felt it was consensual sex. And they sentenced each one of them to nine years in prison. That verdict drew widespread outrage. Many Spaniards, believing that it had been a clear-cut case of rape, took to the streets to protest. The backlash against this particular... People could not believe the ruling, but they also could not believe the dissenting judge. And it clearly did show how patriarchal our system still is. Thousands of people have been protesting across Spain after a court cleared five men of the gang rape of a teenager. As soon as the um, sentence was made public, people took to the streets by the thousands everywhere in Spain. The country. Placards reading, I believe you, sister, and it's not abuse, it's rape, were held outside the justice ministry. In I was here in Madrid at the time, and the streets of main streets of Madrid were paralyzed. There were so many people out saying not just the verdict was wrong, but the law also was wrong. Protesters shouted, it's not sexual abuse, it is rape. The most popular chant was, it was not abuse, it was rape. And the big question in Spain was, do we have to say no? Or is it enough that the victim has not given the consent, is incapacitated, for instance, and cannot give a consent or say no, because the victim testified that she was totally in shock. She said, I didn't know what to do. I wanted everything to be over quickly. I closed my eyes to shut everything out. So what is that? When the law says that you have to physically fight back, maybe have skin under your nails of the perpetrator, and now we're saying no. That's not the case. Protesters said no. That's not the only way rape unfolds. I believe you, they chanted. I was in Pamplona in some of them, and it was like a lot of people I remember the day that we knew the Beredit. Irma Garcia Frihenti 
covered the Wolfpack case for Spanish public television. A lot of people, hundreds of people, trying to go inside the court, and it was like uh, <laughs> amazing. Eight years before the La Manada case, there was another case that also happened at the San Fermin Festival that captured attention in Spain and got a lot of media coverage at the time. A young woman had been murdered after refusing to have sex with her assailant. During the trial, the jury submitted several questions to the judge, but the judge infamously only chose to read one of them. The question was, was this young woman a flirt? At the La Manada protests, Frihenti says she spoke with the mother of that young woman who was murdered. I remember that she is starting to cry. Frihenti says that when the mother heard the La Manada verdict, she cried. Because she told me, I cannot believe in the, in the justice anymore. The mother said, I cannot believe in justice anymore. She said she couldn't believe how little had changed since her daughter's case, nearly a decade earlier. In the protests, you can see people from 17 to 70. You know, there are a lot of people from different age. The protests in Madrid were overwhelming and beautiful and persistent. At every step of this case, people have come out on the streets to put pressure on the government. Now, they want the law changed to make sure victims don't have to be seen to be fighting back. The Spanish government has said it will review the laws surrounding the definition of sexual violence after mass protests were held against the sentences handed down to members of the so-called Wolfpack gang. A government spokesman told me... And I think that being a part of that, not just as a journalist, but as a human rights activist, as a woman, as a mother as well, I have two adolescent daughters, I felt that it was the only place to be at that time. The day the five men were acquitted of rape charges, Spanish journalist Cristina Fayaras was live on national television commenting on the verdict. She told us she remembered thinking to herself, right now, I'm not a journalist. I'm a woman. This verdict is bullshit. Spanish women, she said, feel abandoned by the justice system. In the footage from that day, you can see that she's visibly upset. She started shouting on live TV. I was raped, and the things that were said to me when I reported it to the police are not fit for television. I can't believe this, she said. These five men, they cornered this woman. These five men, they're like five weapons coming at her. How can the judge say that there's no violence? Later, she logged onto Twitter and started tweeting with the hashtag Cuentalo. In English, tell your story. It became Spain's Me Too, as thousands of Spanish women started sharing their own experiences of sexual violence online. The hashtag was used more than two million times. A few months after the verdict of the La Manada case, the five men were released on bail, pending their appeal. And the protests 
persisted. Thousands are protesting across Spain after a judge granted bail to five men convicted of sexual abuse of a teenage girl. Their case, known as the Wolf Pack, sparked outrage when the men were cleared of gang rape charges. But not everyone was outraged, because as widespread as the protests were across the country, it's also produced a pushback. That's next. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown. In the days following the La Manada verdict, a war broke out online between those who were outraged that the men were not charged with rape and those who thought they were innocent. Journalists Irma Frihenti and Maria Carrion. There are a lot of people who think that they are innocent. And these are men who blame the victims. These are men who demean victims. Following the protests, there were people who wanted to make it known that they believed these five men had done nothing wrong. In one online forum that's particularly popular with Spanish men called Foro Coches, there were numerous posts questioning the victim's motives and blaming the victim for the rape. I'll give you an example of one thing that was said in Foro Coches. She was just this fat girl who wanted to have sex with all these guys. And this form of pushback is very damaging because they go after victims of sexual assault and say that they're making this whole thing up. Forocoches members also published personal information about the La Manada victim, essentially outing her, when by law her identity was supposed to have been protected. These kind of people think that the five of La Manada are innocent. Following the verdict, one of the five accused men even thanked Forocoches in a public statement for, quote, not following the herd. But the pushback went beyond online chat forums. It also made its way into Spanish politics. It's because of the political moment that we live in Spain. We have an um, ultra-right party. Months after the initial La Manada protests in 2018, Spain's ultra-nationalist far-right party called Vox, for the first time, won enough seats to enter a regional parliament in the region of Andalusia, where Seville is located, where so many of the women we've spoken with studied abroad. The populist tide that has brought the far right into mainstream politics across Europe has reached Andalusia. Voters in the Spanish region have elected around a dozen members of the anti-immigration and Eurosceptic Vox party. It marks the first parliamentary representation. And while Vox had always used anti-feminist rhetoric as a strong part of their messaging, at this particular moment, as the La Manada protests led by Spain's feminist movement were gaining so much traction... Vox was as well. 
Vox appealed to Spaniards who were feeling threatened by what the party calls radical feminism. A new far-right party is rising in Spain. It's called Vox. At the party's final rally in Madrid, its leader, Santiago Abascal, attacked multiculturalism and what he called feminist supremacy. Party leader Santiago Abascal proclaimed the start of a new era. Welcome to the resistance. We will lead, we will go forward. We have nothing and no one to fear. Vox remains poised to undermine recent advances in women's and minority rights. The leader of the Vox party, Santiago Abascal, has been vocal about his concern that if Spain's criminal code around sexual assault and rape is changed, men could be treated unfairly. Vox's political platform includes repealing Spain's gender violence laws, which established special courts for cases of domestic abuse, but which Vox claims are discriminatory towards men. Vox also wants to ban abortion and combat what it calls, quote, fake reports of rape. In April of 2019, the Vox Party obtained more than 10% of the votes in the general election and entered the national parliament for the first time in the party's history. Now, this is the first time since military rule ended in the 1970s that a far-right party will enter Spanish parliament. Vox has a tough stance on Islam. It's against multiculturalism and what it calls radical feminism. Let's show you one of its slogans. It's make Spain great again. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? In the second general election of that year, Vox won 15% of the vote and is now Spain's third largest party in parliament. How do you explain that or where do you think that pushback comes from? You have to understand that Spain is still a very divided country, that we have not come to terms with our past. We have not come to terms with the coup, the civil war and dictatorship yet. And I say this because that Spain is still present and that patriarchal, ultra-conservative Catholic Spain is still very much present here. So when you see women getting ahead, you see women taking charge of their lives and demanding real equality, there is a backlash. Spain's dictatorship under Francisco Franco lasted until 1975. During the dictatorship, the country had very defined attitudes and laws around the role of women in Spanish society. The attitude of this dictatorship was to install a patriarchy. There was a quote that said, the boy will look at the world and the girl will look towards the home. So in 1975, when we got rid of our dictatorship and transitioned to democracy, it was a new beginning for women. It was hard. A lot of attitudes were very entrenched in our society, within the family and, of course, the church, which was very powerful even during those transition years. So change came slowly at first. Spanish women have seen a lot of changes since the dictatorship ended. The feminist movement is mobilized and unified 
and has been able to successfully push forward a number of new laws in Spain, like the gender equality law, which helps prevent discrimination against women. But I would argue that although women have attained many rights, we are still way behind because the court system, for instance, is still quite patriarchal. So the judiciary still has to catch up with society and what women are demanding. Following the initial Lama Nada verdict, both the prosecution and the defense appealed to a higher court. First, a higher Navarra court upheld the abuse conviction. Protests have reignited across Spain, where an appeal court has upheld a lower court's verdict against five men accused of gang raping a woman. A group have become known For as a second time, the men were found guilty of sexual abuse and not rape. And then eventually, the case reached the Supreme Court of Spain. On Friday, the Supreme Court heard from lawyers on both sides. All the acts took place in an atmosphere of terror, of absolute subjugation, in which the only thing the victim declared to the court was, I closed my eyes and waited for all that to end as soon as possible. And on June 21st, 2019, the Supreme Court reached a verdict. Spain's Supreme Court has ruled that an attack on a woman which shocked Spain was gang rape rather than an earlier verdict of sexual abuse. The five men known as the Wolf Pack... Were the five magistrates ruled unanimously that the assault amounted to gang rape perpetrated by five people in which all participated, and they also determined that the victim was sexually assaulted at least 10 times in the space of one minute and 38 seconds. In their verdict, the Supreme Court completely rebuked the two lower courts. The Supreme Court judges ruled that although the victim didn't physically fight the men, her silence should be interpreted as extreme intimidation and absolutely fall under the category of rape by the law. Outside the court, jubilation. Demonstrators saw the verdict as a step forward for all women in Spain. The Supreme Court overturned a ruling that many across Spain had seen as far too lenient. Five men known as the Wolf Pack had The defendants had their original sentences increased from nine years to 15. All five men who had been free on bail were arrested in Seville shortly after the Supreme Court announced its ruling. It certainly sent a message that if one victim is overpowered physically by five strong men... That is intimidation, and that is violence. She does not need to fight back in order to prove that. So the burden of proof does not have to be and must not be on the victim. I think La Manada does provide a clear example of how a country came together and collectively said, we believe you, to a rape victim. There's never been a case like La Manada in Spain the scope and the reach has been unprecedented. Ask anyone on the street in Spain, and they'll be familiar with the case, and they'll have an opinion on it. And while many Spaniards we spoke with say they support the Supreme Court ruling, some say it's not enough. Do you think the law needs to change? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, indeed. I think so, <laughs> yeah. It's a problem of nouns, a problem of, of words. I didn't think it was fair. Do you think that the conversation around this topic, sexual assault, rape, 
Has it changed at all in Spain since that case? Not as much as we wish. Yeah, I think so. I think it the case, it has made like a change, a big change, not just for women, but also for men opinion. I think, I think so. it, it has put on the table uh, these kind of things in a very, very strong uh, way. Shortly after the first verdict in the La Manada case, Spain's Minister of Equality proposed a new sexual assault law that, among many other provisions to protect victims of sexual violence, would eliminate the term sexual abuse from the criminal code. If there's no consent, the new law says, it is rape. This is what so many protesters had wanted. The current government made changing this law a key part of their political agenda. The new law has been drafted, but the bill still faces months of debate in parliament. It's unclear whether it will pass. But even if it does pass, criminal attorney Einzane Marquez, who has worked on sexual assault cases for a decade, believes that the law is only part of the solution. Even if we had the most comprehensive law on sexual violence, if practical measures are not put in place to ensure that women can report when sexual violence occurs or if they are a fear of being stigmatized when they appear before the courts, then the, the law will still fail to adequately protect the rights of women and girls. And that's exactly what the victim of the Lama Nada rape was concerned with as well. Though she decided to remain anonymous, she wrote a public statement shortly after the protests began. She called it a gratitude letter. In it, she had one message, and one message only. For every woman, man, and child that is going through something similar, there's an exit. You might think you have no strength left to fight, but you will be surprised about the strength of human beings. Tell a friend, family member, the police, or tweet. Do it however you want, but tell it. Don't remain silent, because if you do, you're letting them win. This was her message to young women, especially like herself, that you could be in my shoes one day, and the right thing to do, even if you're afraid, is to report and that you will not be left alone. Since the La Manada case, there have been a number of other sexual assault cases in Spain that have gotten media attention. The judges have ruled differently in each case, so it's hard to say exactly what La Manada's impact has been on the courts or what it could mean for the case that we've been following. But Marquez and Carrion say that La Manada is definitely on everyone's minds. Because of the media is giving more attention to these cases, then the, the courts are also taking into account what they decide because that might reach the media. I can't imagine one single person associated through the courts with a sexual assault case who would not have La Manada on their mind at some point because it has forced everybody to rethink their idea of what sexual assault is is and what consent is.
Gabrielle Vega watched how the Lama Nada case played out from here in the U.S. The day the Supreme Court announced its verdict, that the five men were in fact guilty of rape. She texted to make sure we'd seen the news. Gabrielle says she's uncertain about what this could all mean for her own case. But she is certain about what she wants. And that's never changed. I want there to be a shift in the Spanish culture towards young women. I I want this to just fucking end. I want to be able to move on with my life and have a family one day and not have to think about this. I want to never have to talk about this again. I want it to be done. I just want it to be, I just want it to be done. Next time, what justice looks like for Gabrielle and the other women. Motive is a production of WBEZ Chicago. I'm Candace Mattel Khan. The editor is Alexandra Solomon. Additional reporting in Spain by Carmen Ibanez Espinoza. The executive producer is Kevin Dawson. Our intern is Isabel Carter. The show is mixed by Colin McNulty and Joe Dassault. Thanks to the listeners whose financial support of WBEZ made this podcast possible.